0: following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for... The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Friday, September
1: twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one, season seventeen, episode number twenty eight. Welcome to the latest edition of the Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, you got to give me a twenty eight, but it better be the one I'm thinking about, or I'm kicking you off the show.
2: Yeah, there's only one twenty eight. Right. Good. Yeah, because he's not hanging on the wall. However, I mean Arkansas's got a big game this week. I'm
3: gonna say you're talking to the wrong guy.
2: To and be and I got to go with a little. Felix Jones was also a twenty-eight, but Darren Woodson's my guy. Right, that's what I love. Darren Woodson. He can't be anybody, but
1: every. Anytime we do twenty eight, it's got to be Darren. I it's Darren Woodson. Right, I'm not going to say Tyson Thompson. <laughs> Please don't. Daryl Worley gets no <laughs> love. Please don't. Okay. Please don't. You know, I was thinking we maybe ought to extend this out and we ought to do two. Like we get Nick to give us one and then Dave give us one that's more recent, like 2013, I, Dave, 13, 14. Give on. us
3: something within the last decade because yeah, that's right. all you got. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, that uh, might be a good way to do it. I don't know. I'll um,
1: give Nick one.
3: He has to pick the years
1: he was actually on the team. How about that?
2: That's a good one. All right, go.
3: Oh, you want me to give you one right now? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I
3: got you one. Hold on a right. second. Let's go with, uh, how about Curtis Stewart?
2: Oh, man. Is this, this is 28s? Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. 1964 to 66. I don't know.
3: 1989, he's a running back for us. Oh, hmm. well, that's
2: a sca- 89? 89, it says. Hey, I 28. Thought, I've never heard of him. Curtis I don't know. Curtis Stewart.
3: I thought you were going to say somebody like Norm Granger. I think he played in the mm. '80s. sometime.
2: twenty-eight. I think so.
3: It yeah. would be it would be terrible radio. But Nick does have a photographic memory of cowboy things. Man, back Norm Granger, running back, nineteen eighty-four. All right, cool.
2: <laughs> but back but back then, but I tell you, if you're like. What about week one? I'm like, week one?
3: Yeah, Nick mm. can't remember the score of the Bucks game, but he'll be like, yeah, 94 Philly at the vet. Yeah, 17-16 or whatever. At halftime. That's wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. 94. <laughs> no, hey, left at speaking, speaking
2: of those, just to go full circle, 94 at the vet. Uh, that's Darren Woodson had a 95-yard interception return. See, I believe that's... they won 30. Thirty-one nineteen.
1: What was the what was the time in the game when Darren had the uh, end of late
2: because it was 24-19, I believe, and he picks off a pass and takes it like ninety-four yards for a touchdown, and they win it. I must say thirty-one <laughs> nineteen. What is it?
3: Thirty-one nineteen. Yes.
2: And Woody with the huge play. It yeah. was his only touchdown, but that God. was a big
3: one. That's I mean, it's amazing. That's but, wild. But he does he does not remember the score of like any game from last season, right?
1: Asking about Week One, 2021. It's like that mm. eh. was <laughs> the Bucks, <box>, right?
3: 31-29.
2: <laughs> and I do know, hey, I, I, when we were writing about the the last week's game with Steele and how it went full circle, I did I did remember that they won 20 to 17, you know, last week and lost 20 to 17 in that game against the Rams. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge full circle uh, game for him, Terrence Steele. Yeah. So all right.
1: Uh, we've got a lot of things we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the storylines for this game. We do that every Friday. Uh, i got some storylines for you guys on the offense and defensive side of the ball. But before we get to that, let's catch up on some injury uh, updates. We know that there are a few guys that are definitely going to be out this game. There are two in particular that I want to get your feedback on how you think the Cowboys will handle it. Let's start with Carlos Watkins' defensive tackle.
3: What do the Cowboys do at defensive tackle, Ooh. in your opinion, this week? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's that's been a that's been a low key situation since training camp. With yeah. what happened to Neville, you still have Osa, you still have Brent Urban, you still have Quentin Bohanna. I bet they'll call up Justin Hamilton from the practice squad between now and Monday, and that'll probably be your four primary. I think the guy that could I hate saying
2: this because he's barely practiced, but at some point Chauncey Golston's got to factor into this. Defensive end. He's a guy that kind of can slide down into tackle. He, they,
3: I, which they might need him at end because Doriant yeah. Armstrong which out that's as well. A second one. We'll okay, get to sorry. that. One, but go, go ahead. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, you know, somehow, some way. I won't be. It's funny because like last week, and I, people have asked me. I get it. People are curious. And they're like, "Well, he practiced. Where is he?" It's like that was his first pro practice in pads. It was the first time <laughs> he's put on pads since he was at Iowa. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like well, they're not going to throw him into a pro game after two padded practices, or sorry, one padded practice, three practices overall. Like, that's insane. But now, second week, I'm like, might need you, buddy. Sorry, like, that grace period was one week. Help me with, with Golston. I remember whatever they listed
2: him at, the vid- the highlights that we showed were the were the was the opposite position.
3: So we don't have the rights to college film without paying out the ass for it. So sorry, if that was too crass. <laughs> <The> nose, <laughs> yeah, say yeah. Out the nose. Uh, <laughs> So he was an end. He was an end at Iowa, but we can get Senior Bowl tape. And he got to the Senior Bowl and was kind of doing mental math. He was like, "A lot of ends here, not very many tackles." And he went to the Senior Bowl coaching staff and was like, "Kick me inside if that's where I can get on the field." You so he it. played a lot of tackle at the Senior tackle. Bowl. They had him playing some tackle at OTAs. A lot of people, I think, um, I think Mike McCarthy said yesterday he was like Chauncey was the the young lineman that I was the most excited about heading into camp. And then we just didn't get to see him, and Osa has kind of taken his place as the cool. Exci- so there's reason to be excited about that. He just hasn't had a chance to do much, didn't he? Also say, and I I'm, I might be mistaking this, but
1: I thought I heard that that uh, McCarthy said that he expects him to actually be
3: playing this week, right? I don't remember him saying that he might have I'm not saying he didn't I don't remember it off the top of my head Um, but that's kind of my point is he was healthy he was fully healthy last week and they were like not yet but especially with the injuries that they're facing I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him up this week Yeah, and and in either one of those spots defensive
1: end or defensive tackle utility man get out there yeah All right, Dorrance Armstrong, he's the other guy. He's out at defensive end. Obviously, Chauncey Golston may factor in there, but what else do you think the Cowboys will do at defensive end? They do get Randy Gregory back this week. Is there anything else that you think they'll need to do in order to adjust for the numbers that they need at defensive end? Is there
2: anybody else that could rush the passer? Somebody that doesn't play defensive end but could rush the passer? I feel like we've talked about it. Maybe.
3: Maybe. I think you you will you'll see, see you will see Micah again. CLMP 11 I don't know. <laughs> I'm just curious about the percentages. Is it going to be completely pass rusher again or is he going to do a little bit of both? Yesterday at practice they, you know, they do their individual warm-ups first 10 minutes just getting loose. He was with the linebackers and then he made a B line for the pass rushers and he was there for the rest of the time we were outside. Now we don't see them run plays, we don't see any of the game plan stuff, so I don't know what that means, but He's gonna he's gonna have a role on the edge again this week, I guess. Isn't this awesome? Right. Like just having him
2: like that is like that reminds me of like a high school player. Mm-hmm. Like when you you're, you you a high school guy and like oh this guy right here he's going to Oklahoma or, or whatever you know like he's a stud, like he does this he does that he does all that like you don't see that in the NFL and I get it's only two games but it's just like this is fun like it's mm-hmm. fun to and it's surprising that. I know it's only been a couple of games, but you do kind of go back and look at the draft and go, "Who was taken ahead of him?" Because it just seems like this is such a dynamic player that you. Why wouldn't? Why wasn't he taken earlier? And I guess there were some off the field issues. There were. Yeah. And that's probably that might have taken him off a
3: few boards. Well, I guess. and it was just an incredibly offensive heavy draft as well. I mean, yeah. the first defensive player didn't go off the board until eight. You know, that's you true. offensive yeah. tackles, a boatload of good wide receivers, and the teams at the top of the board needed those things. I think that's a big part of it as well. I think yeah. objectively, just in a general draft class, I think he would have gone much higher than he did. And we just, talked about we talked
1: about this the other day, Nick. I, I couldn't think of another defensive player in the NFL who was more versatile probably since Troy Palamala. Yeah. He was a guy that you would see all over the field. You'd see him up rushing. You'd see him up in the box playing the run. You'd see him back deep covering against the pass. Like He did a little bit of everything. And it's hard to find those kind of guys when you think about it, even across the league, that can do so many different things uh, like
3: like what we've seen
1: in this, just in the early career of, of Micah Parsons.
3: I just want to say, though, and I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. I'm as excited about Micah as anybody. I wrote a whole column about all of the things that I think he can do to help you in this game yesterday. But I think, like, people are so eager to win. You know what I mean? Like, people... and. They want to declare Micah, like, look at all these dummies passing on Micah. And it's like, it's still week three of the rookie year. Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn, it's a bummer J.C. Horn got hurt last night, but they were off to awesome starts. They both already have interceptions. We don't have to declare winners and losers in September. And And by the way, there could
1: be a lot of winners, too. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: mean, that's hopefully everybody wins. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care. Pat, you know, Sertan and Horn are not going to drastically affect the Cowboys' fortunes. They're not in the division or anything like that. I hope every I hope everybody gets to have a great player. Yep. All right. Um, one thing I also want to talk to you guys real quick about before we get to the storylines.
1: Um, there was a lot of talk yesterday about the about the coach in uh, in Philly uh, wearing a T-shirt during his press conference that said "Beat Dallas," and it made me start thinking about uh, obviously in in, in Philly this week, like it is called Dallas week. Every time they play the Cowboys, it's called Dallas week. I don't think I don't live in Philly, but I don't think they have a Giants week or a uh, Washington football team week. Um, Their their sights are firmly placed on Dallas. If you ask the Philly fan, I'm guessing they all will say in consensus Dallas is their primary rival. It made me start to think: Does Dallas really have a, a primary rival? Uh, I know that, obviously, the division's the division. But I also get the impression that a lot of those teams' fan bases look at Dallas as more of a rival than Dallas looks at them as a rival. So I, I put out a little poll on Twitter. It was interesting what came back. I asked fans what, who they think the Cowboys' primary rival is. 67% of them said Philadelphia, which doesn't necessarily shock me, uh, With followed by the Washington football team at 23, Giants at 10%. And I did find another interesting thing, which was um, it really kind of seemed to divide along your, your age. Like, older fans were like, oh, there's no doubt it's the Washington football yeah. team. Uh, much younger fans who have lived and been fans in this last 20 years, 15 years, for them it was all about Philadelphia. So it made me, you know, again, I thought that was very interesting. I'd lo- love to know what you guys think. Who do you think – Is Dallas's primary rival, or do they have a primary rival in this division?
3: I think that's a really fun thing about how huge and all-encompassing this fan base is. is, It's going to be a different answer for everybody. In my opinion, their primary rival, just in general, is whoever is the biggest obstacle in the way of winning the division and getting the playoffs. When I got here, I was arguing about this on Twitter with people yesterday, when I got here... Everything was centered around the fact that the Cowboys couldn't beat the Giants at AT AT&T. They could not get over the hump against Eli. Giants knocked them out of the playoffs the year they won their first Super Bowl. Everybody was just fixated on not being able to beat the Giants. They've been beating the Giants' asses for a decade now, and so nobody cares. Thank you. Sorry. 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 I'm not sorry. Whatever. <laughs> you you um, really are
2: We had Clarence Hill on yesterday and it was way worse than that.
3: Oh good. Okay. Yeah. Shouts out Clarence. But <laughs> I had, I had a show nobody thinks nobody thinks about the Giants anymore and it's mainly about the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl recently. They've had better teams recently. Washington is – I know you're an older fan if Washington's your biggest rival because they haven't been relevant basically in my lifetime. Not Other than a, a weird year or two here and there like the Robert Griffin year. Or last year. Or last COVID year. year. They, but they weren't good. Well, they, they were 7-9. Yeah.
1: For them, that's relevant. So yeah. If they, they want a division, that's relevant. So right? I think
3: it changes. And then the other fun thing is there's people here listening – in Dallas or Texas, we got a boatload of people in the DMV, South Jersey, yep. North Jersey. That's going to matter. If you're catching hell from Washington fans every day, that's who you're going to hate the most. If you're surrounded by Eagles fans, you need them to win those two games more than anything. And I'll take it outside the division, even we got fans in Seattle. Who are mm-hmm. surrounded by Seahawks fans, and that's who they hate just because they're like, I just need you to give me something that I can hold against these Seahawks fans so they leave me alone. Like, it's yep. a fun thing about a fan base this big. So I don't think there's one answer, but right now I think it's the Eagles. Well, there's, and there's three or four other teams you throw in there.
2: Mm-hmm. If you, if you grew up and followed the Cowboys in the 90s, there was one team, one team you had to beat, yep. San and it was San Francisco. If you were in the 70s, there was one team you had mm-hmm. to beat. If you live in San Antonio right now or south of the border, I guarantee you the Cowboys and Raiders, that's a that's a really big rivalry there. A mm-hmm. lot for a lot of our Hispanic fans. You live close to Houston? Because <laughs> you know there's hatred for for Dallas there, you know, from the Texans and all that. So, there I are- actually think there might be more to-
1: Cowboys fans in Houston than Texans fans maybe but and you would know that right. creates
2: <laughs> a, would, a rivalry it creates all it's, right. its own yeah, yeah. I mean and, and and also you think about Washington, you know washington there are so many cowboy fans and we we know we, we can look at our state map to see who's who's watching our our stuff and who's mm-hmm. clicking on our website it's always the bigger states like california and texas and florida and new york and then virginia, yeah, virginia always yeah. slides in there and a lot of it has to do with that so i think i think historically it's washington you know a lot of big games but I think Dave's right. It's kind of like who who it is right now. And, I do. And nobody agree. hates the Cowboys more than Philly, which yeah. that brings it yeah. up a little bit more. Yeah. It,
3: and that's that's part of it too. Is Philly does have this fixation on Dallas, and and you kind of return the but favor, it, it's but the, it's the. You know, think about them from the seventies
2: and eighties and stuff like that. Remember the TV show Philadelphia?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, there was a show called Dallas. I mean, oh. that was the show. There was a movie. Derek was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> movie, a movie called, called Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, but but it's 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 the perception too. That's why they they probably view Dallas way more than the other teams in the division because they're all Northeast. They all feel like you know they work hard, they grind, they steel mill all that stuff. You know, lunch pail type guys. And then Dallas, it's glitz and glamour and blah 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 blah, which both of them are too stereotypical, but I mean, I just think that's kind of the view. It's like Dallas, yeah, you know. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And that, you know, when Chip Kelly was there, he was like, we're from Philly, and we fight Rocky this and that, and Dallas <laughs> is seen as this And then he goes blitzy. to UCLA. Yeah, right. He's, yeah, exactly.
1: But, but, you know, I think, Dave, yeah, I think you hit it on the head for me. Like, fandom, it's the great thing, and it's the heartbreaking thing about being a fan. the The greatest rivalries are for everybody. It's personal because it's about who you got to deal with. The reason why I hate OU so much is because I got so many friends who went to OU, which means that every year, that Saturday, that's going to dictate our conversations for the next year until that next game. Because anytime college football comes up, I got to deal with whatever happens in that Texas OU game. And it can be great if we win. It can be heartbreaking and just like you're depressed for a week having to deal with them knowing you got to deal with them for the next year Coming off a loss, and if you get stumped, oh my god! Like nobody wants to have to deal with that. Right? Was, That's
3: fandom. I was so spoiled, and so it, there's no other team than LSU in South Louisiana. That's mm-hmm. it. You can go. You you don't have to worry about what bar you go to to watch the game. It's the only thing, on, It's the only thing anybody cares about. Then I move here, and I got. Arkansas fans and Longhorn fans and yeah. I can't get the bar to turn my game on because there's a Texas A&M watch. I'm like, oh, my God, these people are the worst. Yeah. But, it I makes, them. but it makes it fun. <laughs> it makes right. it fun that you
1: get to have that give and take. But that's what the rivalry is built on. It's whatever your personal thing is. Nick, you and I were talking about this. Like, It's whoever is that. There's always for every team that's that target that the coach knows because the fan base knows if you win that game, that's going to get you a lot of grace. You can lose a lot of other games don't lose that game, and don't consistently lose that game because that'll get you fired. Yeah. True. All right. Appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're not going to be out. uh, We're going to have our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the storylines of Week 3. Start with the offensive side of the ball. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
3: whether you're watching from home
2: or cheering in the stands, Essler lenses will help you see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler.
1: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk some storylines. Uh, there are lots of storylines going into this game, as there are every week in the NFL. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Philadelphia right now is ranked 18th in rushing defense. Uh, they're allowing 120 yards per game. Dallas's defense. uh, I'm sorry. Dallas's running game ran for 198 yards last week against the uh, Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Is this another game where Dallas relies
2: on the running game? I think yes. I think that's where it starts. We're seeing that where these you know. But their running game is a dynamic running game. That's that's what we saw in that last game. And and as and I I love what Dave said two weeks ago the running game was it was really no different before with 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 the you know with Tampa Bay i mean like that throws these passes that some of you know is it a run is it a pass is it behind the line of scrimmage either way it's it's just to the outside it's a safe play but it helps them get yards so it's a it's an
3: aggressive uh kind of open-ended running attack i'm just curious To see, you know, we're so early in the season, the sample size is still. We haven't played enough games to have a true idea of what these guys can do. Um so, you know, the Eagles gave up 189 to Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan only threw for 164. Is that cuz they have this elite secondary? I kind of doubt it. Maybe maybe you just prefer the matchups. We know Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody in the league's better at it. Dad loves to run the ball. Yeah. yeah. Um so that plays into it. So I I don't go into this thinking like, yeah, they can just gash him on the ground. They they should be able to get Yards. I don't know if they need to run for 200. And personally, just with my own experience watching the Cowboys play the Eagles, I assume there will be plays there to be made in the passing game. So, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I don't have a firm clue of what they are and what they're going to do yet. But I've, I'm i not going away from the passing game, if yeah. it's me.
1: And the reason why I was getting this to this question is because I think in week one and week two, going into the game, you had a pretty clear understanding of, or I think we did, of what those defenses like to do and what they try to do. And I think with Tampa, you know stopping the run is priority one for them. You're gonna run into a brick wall. Why do it when you could have when there was yards to be gained mm-hmm. in the passing game. We talked about it yesterday. The the Chargers are a team that will play back a lot and so they give you that opportunity to run. So why not run? This game, I, I don't really know what that's gonna look like. I it feels like it could be a little bit of both right. but but you look at the statistics and right now it says it, that running, stopping the run is not something that has been a priority for them or that they've been really good at here in these first two games. Yeah. Let's move on to the sep- second topic. Uh, there's growing talk of uh, Zeke and, and, and Pollard and kind of how they're divvying up uh, their roles and responsibilities. Although Pollard has more yards on fewer carries, should Dallas increase his workload at the expense of Zeke?
2: I mean, I think you just keep you just keep playing it and see how it goes. Um, I, I think it's fine right now, just as it is. And, and I think the game will dictate if it's a little bit more. It's probably, game plan-wise, it's probably like 60-40 Zeke right now. The mm-hmm. game plan, going yeah. in, which is fine. And then, as it goes, he keeps popping some of these big runs, and you and you see, hey, this is working around the edge and all that. But, you know, I don't like looking at average. I don't think that's fair to either one of them average yards per carry yeah I don't th- that because because when Zeke you know if it's third and one and they give the ball to Zeke he gets a couple yards I mean that's that's what he's supposed to do it doesn't help his average but it does it's what he's supposed to do and that moves the, the sticks and all that so they're two different players I I like it if it I like a 60 40 if it goes down to 50 50 if it goes 60 40 the other way that means Pollard's doing his job and they're and they're gashing him so I, I think it's fine and and the thing is the only people that are having an issue is on the on the outside I think
3: Zeke and Pollard are, are totally fine with it i I believe yeah I don't I don't see why this is an issue I thought they both played really well and we're actually seeing what we've wanted from Tony Pollard I don't know anybody that's been calling for him to be like the lead back in the offense they split the snaps 70 30 i'm looking at the stat sheet right now 13 carries three receptions throw in three kickoffs so that's 19 touches he was averaging seven or eight mm-hmm. that's not okay that's not enough 20 touches a game across all love it yeah that's fantastic 70 30 snaps snap split if you want to bump it up to 60 40 i'm okay with that if for some reason you think you see something from zeke where he needs to be on the field more tampa bay is a great example where they're going to send the house at you and you want the better pass protector he is by the way yeah that's not lip service and it's not deferring to the more expensive player he's so much better than tony at he's that he's one of the better ones i've seen at the position He's so really good at it yeah. if it's something like that where he needs to be on the field let what you're seeing dictate that. The fact that they're willing to have Tony in as many as 31% of the time, like that can only be seen as a good thing because what we were worried about was them not using him enough. I don't think we can say that right now. No. Like, I, is anybody just like Pollard needed it more last week? <laughs> I, I
1: mean, maybe that person exists, no, there, but I will say this in a lot of the national coverage I've seen this week, there are people out there that are saying they need to have Z, uh, Pollard out there way more frequently and defer less uh to to Zeke because they feel like he gives
2: them more juice. That but that's idiotic. That it is because of what we're just talking about. It it doesn't work that way. This isn't high school where the guy yell, you know you you grab the You know, wide receiver by the face mask, give him the play, run it in, and run it. It doesn't work like that. They have all these plays they can do. They can switch from here to here. And when he has to switch from a run to a pass, then Dak wants to have Zeke right here because knowing this linebacker's coming in. That's why he's, he's got value on the field more than just the juice. And let's be honest, Pollard, you know, there was, a, there was a reason why. One of the reasons why that whole 33 seconds messed up is because mm. Pollard didn't mm-hmm. have the – he he was supposed to come off the field. It's a really good point, no, which he's so, supposed to do, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying he, it happens all the time, but we've seen some lapses in his game like that as well. That's fine. It, it's going to work out perfectly, and I think nobody has a problem but the guys on the outside or, or whatever, and maybe fantasy owners of Zeke because <laughs> – you know, <laughs> because Pollard is is cutting into that a He is, bit. and I'm, yeah. like, not
1: very happy but, about that. But
2: remember, when he was drafted, what's the one player everyone kept comparing him to, or Stephen Jones compared him to? Kamara. Kamara. Mm-hmm. Well, Kamara, again, made it to the Pro Bowl. He's made it a few Pro Bowls. One year he made it to the Pro Bowl with Mark Ingram. And he I did. believe Drew Brees was also in the Pro Bowl.
3: So it can be done. You can have success doing it different ways there. 19 touches on Sunday, 30% of the snaps, and again... I'd have to go back to really see the substitution patterns, but I know for a fact that it wasn't the old, boring, mm-hmm. third series of the game Pollard is in. Like, they're, they're bringing them on and Love taking that. them off. Because it's and modern sometime football. Sometimes
1: they have them out there yeah. yeah, Yeah. So
3: I just... I cannot think of a reason why anybody should be upset about the way that this has played out so far. When
2: they handed that ball off the off the edge for the touchdown, you know, just Mm -hmm. you're you're thinking it's going to pound it in, and then all of a sudden around the corner. I mean, I looked over in the press box at Dave. I thought Dave would give me a little bit more excitement than that because that's a play. That's a type of play you've been talking about for for years. You were just kind of like,
0: mm,
3: we're, cool, we're, him. you and I are, we're, we're just different in the way that we digest the game. Like I'm all, I'm in my own head most just of the cerebral. time. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I just, <laughs> I'm in my own head and I'm thinking about things and I'm like, okay, what's, what's going on on the sideline? And Nick just, Nick needs a dialogue. Nick wants to talk <laughs> it out and be oh, like, you, you what's going to Tell me. Oh, I know. That's. I don't know. We where, talk
1: about every game the whole game. I, I don't like, know if don't it stop. was
3: I don't know if it was Tampa or this past game, but Nick was like, "Oh, you're not used to sitting so close to me. Like you're gonna be able to hear me." And I was like, "I've been hearing you for eight years. It doesn't matter how yeah, close I'm We talk about sitting. every game the whole All right. game. Last year, what I hated I sat in yeah. these
2: damn suites by myself yeah. with nobody. Yeah, that and must, I was just that like, probably "Watch this." Oh, gosh. And then the lady would come in and bring, like, all these sandwiches for one person, even though it was like, I'm, it's a sweet 20 sandwiches. And I'm so I was just like, hey, they're going to... Uh. Flea flicker, you know, whatever. <laughs> I by mean, the, by the third oh.
1: quarter of every game, I would get a text from Nick like, "So sucks. what y'all doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> How's, How's it going, going back here? Everyone having a good time? What y'all eat? Like this sucks. You like need me to bring you a sandwich? <laughs> <Yeah>. Right.
3: <laughs> Which I, mean, I I do not I do not find you annoying, but I do think probably I'm I'm self conscious about being annoying because we work with people who. Just like, oh my God! Please stop talking. So I and I, yeah. I'm a loud person. I know that about myself. I'm self aware. So mm. I'm just kind of like, let me just be over here and be quiet and not have somebody hate me the, for narrating the, only thing the game. That
2: Derek will do when I get really annoying in the game. And this is like pre-COVID when we sit really close to each other. He'd be like. You good on that ice there? I'll chomp some ice <laughs> now, like during games. Are you yeah, go we'll go
0: go to town. You good? You ice. good
2: on that? You need some Having more a drink? Good time? Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, we got to talk about the defense. There are a few storylines we want to hit. There, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Stetson hats are still American made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crowd of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com Cowboys. Back to the break.
2: All right. It's a great people, great pay replay. You've heard Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. If you want to join him to do great work with great people for great pay, apply now at jobs at caliber.com. That's jobs at caliber.com. All
1: right, let's go. We got 7 minutes, 6 minutes. I don't know what our producer is going to tell me, but we got a few minutes to get through the defensive storylines and to get our predictions. So we're moving here, all right? Okay. Um, so first thing, Dallas has played uh, the 23rd and 31st uh, rushing teams in the league. Uh, more about Dallas's ability to stop the run, or the opponent's inability to run, or even their desire to want to throw
3: instead of run. Uh, when you evaluate this, def- I mean, uh, this defense, I mean this defense. I'm just not ready to think the Cowboys are some brick wall after what we watched last year. I mean, I, they added Parsons. He didn't even play linebacker last week. They got a rookie starting at one of the tackle spots. I just think. I think teams know that, or think that they can get their yardage through the air. I mean, we talk about we talk about Anthony Brown all the time. We, you know, where's Waldo? What do you? How do you want to attack these guys? And I think until maybe that'll start changing. But they're getting takeaways. They're getting picks. People don't maybe don't want to throw at Trayvon Diggs too much longer. That type of thing. But. I just think it's more about them thinking, yeah, we can get chunks on these guys. And and the Chargers did. Yeah. The Cowboys won the game, held them out of the end zone, but Herbert there's, hit some disgusting gains in the passing game. So not
2: a lot of teams that just want to line up and run the ball at you, and, and, and Tampa's not one of them, and neither, and neither are the Chargers. And, you know, I don't think the Eagles are that way, too. I mean, the Eagles r- rushing yards, a lot of it's going to come from Hertz, so it's not traditional running. I don't know if you're going to even see it till you get to – you make, thought you'd see it next week, yeah. Now that might change. Is he out? at McCaffrey?
1: I, I, it's hard to I mean, think he will. The Cowboys said, haven't the had the they a lot talk of breaks. About That groin
3: injury sounds like it's not good. They don't. So. They they don't know the severity, but it, uh, they made it sound like it'll be a multi. Not thing. groin. I'm sorry. Hamstring. Hamstring. Yeah. hamstring. And JC Horn is out. Yeah. Oh, his broken foot. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So that you know that, that was that's a storyline right there. And, and obviously we're not trying to jump ahead, but you know that's. That's a break for the Cowboys to not play them, but but they'll they'll be ready. They'll they're prepared. They're, they're going to be three so. and zero.
1: So I know from experience, chubb Hubbard is not a uh, He's a pretty decent running back. I oh, think he'll Oh, that's Oklahoma be okay. State's guy. Yeah, cool. exactly.
2: Yeah, he'll yeah, be ready to go. But I mean, not until maybe they face Minnesota, you're going fi- to a really you know tested running team. So we'll we'll see. But I mean, this week without Carlos Watkins in there, and they're going to have to figure mm-hmm. it out on the defensive tackle spot. But I mean, that's why you keep a Justin Hamilton, a four year veteran, on your practice squad. Yep. These practice squad rules, this is where it benefits you right here. This, you know, having a guy, because usually you have to bring up a practice squad guy guy's making his NFL debut, he's calling his family, getting 800 tickets, all that stuff This this guy's played.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's like whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the things uh, and I'm moving on to the next topic, but uh, one of the areas where I think, or really the area I think that this offense actually gets any traction, I'm talking about Philadelphia is Jalen Hurts and the two-dimensional part of his game. The fact that he can run and he can pick up big chunk yards. What do you think is the best way for Dallas to be able to neutralize him or stop him and then in, in the process shut down their
3: offense? I would spy him all the time. I wrote a whole column about it. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Since I took the time to write a column about it, they'll probably do the exact opposite and have Micah rush the passer. I'd spy him with Micah Parsons like as often as I could. and Maybe not every single play, but we talked about that. We don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of it again, but especially third-down situations, longer distances where he can kill you that way. Um Obvious passing downs because that's what I mean. His the scrambles are what kill you. Like, he ran for 82 against San Francisco, 69 of them were on scrambles, mm-hmm. like designed runs. Niners had that locked down, but scrambles where he can break, contain, and do whatever he wants that's where he can kill you. So, doesn't have to be Micah, but I would have a guy on him. I thought about this yesterday. Um, Jaron Kurse could maybe fill that role mm-hmm. if yeah. Keanu Neal's out this week. Yeah, I
2: would, uh, I with the Cowboys and Parsons, I would, you know. I would spatak him. That's yeah, that's a I just created that word. Spatak. I would spy I don't know where he's going with it. Okay. attack him. Yeah. I'd spy him, but I'd also get after his ass too. And at times I'm not just gonna spy him. Wherever okay. you go, I go. I want, you can actually rush in a less disciplined way if right. you also have to right. spy. You're right about right. that. Right, but yeah. Yeah, but it's like you don't want him to like, Okay, wherever I go is where he goes, well then sometimes he's gonna snap the ball and he's gonna be right there. Yeah.
3: So I'm I'm gonna spatak him. I okay. think. Attack him. I want to see Micah blitz the A gap in this game. I yes. don't think he's done that yet. Maybe he did against Tampa. I don't. one hundred percent remember. Pretty good. I think he did. Yeah, I think he, he is. Did. I think he did so, against Tampa. Give I, it. I'm a, pretty sure he did. Give it a shot. Well, uh, you got Landon Dickerson starting for Brandon Brooks. Is uh, yeah, Brandon Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't am I? Am I saying his name? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. right. Brandon, Sorry, yeah. Guard, you got a new guy, got Alabama. a rookie, got a rookie starting right guard. Yeah, I mean, he, good player. He's a good player, but he's a rookie starting. His just throw some stuff at him, make him pick up some blitzes. He did do it against Tampa, and mm-hmm. it got picked up. But that's a fantastic line. As I well. thought he got
1: off that block though, and he, he pressured him. I thought. Gonna go if I go Remember that play? Supposed
3: to get all twenty-two on Game Pass today. That's what I'm that's hearing. Cross I just those don't fingers. know if that's truth, but uh-huh. uh, that's what I'm oh, hearing. All right. Well, so, you don't want to hear a VP say that. He knows more than no, the I'm average say, person No, I'm saying that's what I've heard does.
1: too. I just don't know if that's true or not. We'll, we'll see. see. Alright, so uh, real quick, we only have a, about a minute and a half, minute left.
3: Give me some predictions. What's going to happen this week? Dave, we'll start with you. Everybody thinks I'm the chicken little who won't pick the Cowboys because I started off with back. <laughs> Those were tough games. And that I, I said it at the time, that is not a reflection of what I think this team is or could be. Just really hard games to start a season. Um I have absolute faith in the Cowboys to win this game. I think they're better across the board. I think the Eagles have are really good on the line on both sides of the ball, but both of those lines took a hit. They lost the starting right guard. They lost their best defensive end, Cowboy killer, Brandon Graham. Um, Cowboys are at home. Cowboys have Dak. I just think they're better across the board, and I trust – what we saw they were able to do against Jalen Hurts I trust Dan Quinn to have a plan of attack to limit him um I got the Cowboys winning like 31-20 31-17 honestly I think the spread's four I think they hit that easily I I just if they are as good as I think they have the potential to be this is a game they should win pretty comfortably at home and this isn't college football where you you know you're not going to win 45-10 almost ever in the NFL but thirty-one, twenty 31-20 in a division game is a comfortable win and i think they'll get it 28-20 Dallas
1: right. Yeah i was i was right there in the same boat i was thinking like 27-17 i think it's going to be a comfortable win for Dallas uh i think there it might be a little closer early but i think Dallas has more i think Dallas has more ways of being able to 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 beat them and i think they'll pull away at the end i think Dallas gets the win all right Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday, actually. Monday, we will not have a show because it's game day. But Tuesday, we will let you know what, what happened, what went right and wrong for the Cowboys. So then for Nick Gateman and Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!